0: Hello there, so we come to the final part of my October pay-per-view review series and finally it's for a show which happened three years ago today. It's the three year anniversary of TLC 2017. Uh, oddly enough TLC was usually in December but they put it in October this time for some reason. So it's like this the only time it's ever been in October so ah oh well there you go let's have it. So. Uh, this show kicks off. It's notable for a few things. Uh, anyway, this was the first match of the show is Asuka versus Emma, which is interesting. This is the main roster debut of Asuka. Now, the match itself is perfectly watchable. It's fine. It's not a bad match. It's just all the things that surround it that are kind of odd. You've got here Asuka. This was the main roster debut of Asuka. She was like two years or whatever it was unbeaten in NXT. And she comes up, uh, she got injured and had to relinquish the NXT title, but no, never never ever lost it. Right. Here's the thing here, she comes up with this avalanche of hype, all you hear from the nerds online was, oh, ask her this and ask her that, and ask her the maiden, just wait till you see her. And then you're like, "So okay, you're like, okay, so for somebody who doesn't watch NXT, you're sort of waiting to be blown away. Uh, and I'm not being funny, but three years later, I'm still waiting to see what all the hype is about. And it's not really Askew's fault. I just think she was overhyped, and um, honestly, in many ways, the whole two-year winning streak did her no favors. It made every single match she was in for the first six months of her main roster career so predictable. Mm-hmm. It was—I mean, you made—you were trying to make her this female Goldberg when you just didn't have the depth of it in the squad to, in the roster to do it. And here's the problem: after that, she just ran through everybody on Raw. And they were were always in, like, meaningless TV matches, like, beat Sasha Banks, Bailey, Alexa as the Raw Women's Champion. She beat her clean, but never got a title shot for it. So what was the point in giving that a match away on, like, the New Year's Day 2018 Raw? You just, like, you drop your champion out, tap, tap them out clean, but there's no real payoff to this. It was just a waste of time. You just, honestly... And I just don't think she actually caught on with the more casual fans. I just think they were, didn't see what the hype was. No one can, and there was nothing to invest in because she knew she was always going to win, and. They even did it in tag, but they even ruined the Mixed Match Challenge for Asuka when they put her in there because they started saying, remember, if I, they started ramming it home on commentaries like Cole was saying for NBA, if Asuka's streak is on the line, even if she doesn't get pinned, her streak is over. It's like, they're not gonna end the streak on a Facebook. It's either gonna end in a title match or at WrestleMania. And lo and behold, it ended in a title match at WrestleMania. So there you have it. Waste. The match itself is actually fine. It's okay. Look at her opponent here, Emma. Right. What was the point in putting Emma in the spot? And why was this match competitive? Because here's what was odd. A week later, they fired Emma. Not the fact that they fired Emma. That's not odd. Because by all accounts, she was a pain in the arse backstage and she refused to do the Emma-Leena gimmick and she just shit the bed trying to do it. And to be honest, she came across as a little social media whinger. Uh, she must have been an absolute pain in the arse so when she got fired it wasn't the biggest surprise it was more the timing of it and if they, they must have known they were going to fire her when this match happened so why did they make the match competitive and Emma was basically a jobber anyway at this point she was always losing and getting squashed by Nia Jax and things, why didn't they just have ask a squasher here just as a showcase this match did nobody any favours it was, it's perfectly watchable, it's not a bad match, it's just circumstances around it are odd funny enough i know emma or tinel dashwood as she her real name is it's now like going on the indies and whatever <laughs> i mean good for her but at the end of the day though nobody's clamoring for her to come back to wwe they're not even batting the they're hardly hammering the door down to get her back so that tells you something right there but i think i think she ended up in impact don't know if she's still there so not so good but good looking woman and that, decent enough in the ring, but smarts overhyped her uh, kingdom come as well. Never seen, never heard a decent promo from her. She just seemed like a win- she was a winger online. So I suppose that's why she'd get on with a smart, but it, weirdly enough that we, with the complaining culture, which is, uh, president in today's wd which comes along with big pushes see for example like a bailey and mustafa ali then uh, emma would have promised she'd be thriving in today's wwe climate so there you go it is what it is but yeah odd match but ask her over the whole two-year unbeaten streak did her no favors like that got people's backs up and to be honest you can blame triple h for that one anyway so that's, that's quite a bit of a tangent I've went on from what was basically an average match, but there you have it. Ah, well. Uh, anyway, speaking of average. Up next, there was the uh, a tag team match involving Cruiser Race. It was uh, Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander versus the Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher. Uh, Swan and Alexander won. Nobody cared. but At least I'll say one thing: Brian Kendrick, good talent, and uh, at least with Jack Gallagher, he had that little. Thing, At least he had somewhat of a character, with his little umbrella and thing he used to jump on that. That was mildly entertaining. So I'll give them that. But for the most part, nobody fucking cared. Anyway, that's that out of the way. Up next we've got the Raw Women's title. Alexa versus Mickey James and I honestly love to build up to this. I've said this before and it bears repeating. I think Mickey has given Alexa the best back and forth on the mic. Easily. Easily. Uh, honestly in the build up to this I thought it was fantastic, at least some people when they get in a promo contest with Alexa, Alexa just annihilates them. I'm talking about Bailey, especially Bailey, Sasha Banks, annihilates, she annihilates her. Anyone else, Nia Jax, Ronda Rousey, the list is endless, she is, and even Becky Lynch, yes that's right. Big The TLC the year earlier in the build up to that, Alexa just annihilated Becky Lynch in mumbly mouth couldn't get it in against her, Alexa just destroyed her and really exposed her badly. Which is probably why after Becky started getting this shoved down everyone's throats last year, they never had a proper program between Becky and Alexa again. You know why? Because they couldn't afford for that to happen again after all they'd invested in Becky Lynch. There you go. There you have it. But Mickey had some great back and forth. I uh, liked that interview before the match when they are talking about how Mickey used to call Alexa biscuit butt and it was a silly name, but whatever it is what it is and then Alexa says something like I like my butt it's cute now I remember I remember hearing something like Ryan sat and got offended by this he was like oh that's terrible you have all creepy man over there go all this oh and SGWs and white knights were moaning about this and you're just thinking to yourself Ryan sat and of all people the guy who takes didn't he take a picture of a table full of dildos or something like that? Ryan Satin's just a typical virtue signaler. He's just he is such an annoying prick. Can't stand Ryan Satin. that was a bad sign as well when the WWE put him on back. Well, if it was Fox or whatever, but they put him on backstage. It's just like a horrible, horrible state of the business. If that's the case, well there you have it. But anyway, fuck Ryan Satin, enough about him. Uh, the match itself, Alexa versus Mickey, great match. Loved it. It's a really great back and forth they actually go back and forth really well in this match and um, generally you saw it was widely expected alexa would win this match going in and but mickey you know there was always a chance There was always kind of a chance i think they kind of took away any sort of thoughts that mickey might win the week before when they'd done the kind of the typical thing mickey pinned alexa in the tag match what seemed to be the, the thing where alexa during this title reign is um she would always lose on the raw before this the, the pay-per-view but then defend it successfully at the pay-per-view whereas nowadays she's just booked to lose whereas this year she's mainly just been booked to lose on TV and then not get a match at the pay-per-view so that's basically been what's been happening but um, hopefully that will be changing soon but I won't hold my breath but um, so yeah, Alexa match was great. There's a point near the end where Alexa misses the twisted list. And for that moment, I remember watching it for the first time, I thought, oh no, it's gonna lose the title. Here. But no, it's great. Finish is actually real done because Mickey's working a shoulder, it has a soul selling a soldier shoulder injury. Alexa and suckers out of the corner, pulls the shoulder into the turnbuckle, then DDT's her. Brilliant finish. Brilliant match, fantastic back and forth. Alexa and Mickey always worked brilliantly together. Whether it was as a against each other in this point, or as a team, I honestly enjoyed the segments when Alex and Mickey were teaming way more than anything. Alexa has done with Nikki Cross. I just think at least Mickey's got charisma, and in her in her own right, I think it's a damn shame. That's ever since Mickey James came back in, I think it was early twenty seventeen. The only time Mickey James has ever had any sort of decent. TV time for any length of time has either been when she's been teaming with Alexa or when she was feuding with Alexa here. And even recently, I know she got a title shot against Asuka, but that happened on like a random Raw. And who gets the title shot at the pay per view? Fucking Selena Vega? Jesus. And I, remember, I don't think she's even been drafted yet. I suppose one thing with the. With what's going down with alexa and the the fiend at the moment the fiend goes after people from his past you could do a little thing where alexa goes after mickey again it's something that could happen if, if you put mickey on raw just a thought but anyway this was a great match i absolutely loved it up next we've got the cruiserweight title we've got a uh, calisto versus enzo for some reason enzo won it ends at no mercy and then lost it to Callisto on a random raw but then he gets it back here you know it's, it's actually not a bad match to be honest no, but, and you know i've said in the past i've never been the biggest fan of enzo but i actually think this was the best work of his career you know i even up the cruiserweight division here in and I was badly needing it i always remember that promo when he's in the ring surrounded by the cruiserweights and he just absolutely rinses all of them but apart from that akira Tazawa, i think it was it was up to him and says oh hey, you said something nice about me on twitter so i like you how you doing whatever it is so you know what this match was actually fine for what it was not bad and, uh, you know, I don't care about the Cruiserweights, but there you have it. uh Kalisto, I don't know what's happening with Kalisto, to be honest. Uh, is he part of that Lucha House Party? I actually don't know. That's, that's how little I care. But there you, there you have it. Up next, uh, Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. Now, this was originally meant to be <laughs> Sister Abigail. Yes. Uh, yeah. This is what I've been saying in the past. Hour. Sometimes they really do some goofy shit with Bray Wyatt. This was oh, this was the the worst of the worst. They basically had Bray Wyatt be the be, be Sister Abbot was Sister Agba was basically Bray Wyatt in drag. This was horrible. And uh, but what happened is there was some sort of outbreak. I think it was mumps. Uh, Bray Wyatt missed this pay per view because of this, and Roman Reigns also missed it. We'll speak about that later. But. Uh, it's originally meant to be Demon Finn Balor versus Bray White and Drag. God. But AJ Styles, who was an inspector at the time, came back, I think came back from overseas tour or something like that. And he filled in. They had the match. Match is fine. Match is actually quite decent. Here's the problem here: the smarky crowd. Smarky crowd starts chanting when they're just gazing at each other at the start. And it's like they start doing their smirky chance that brings it down a level the match is a lot better if you're watching it on mute to be fair match yourselves fine styles is a great worker as we all know that balor i think is massively overrated i think the smart as i've said before the smarts going on a bit moveset All oh, this guy usually does a sling blade punch kick stomp it's just kick 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 your dive here and there i don't know whatever then balor wins here which is fine whatever it is what it is but uh, funny enough as well, the next night on Raw, I do remember Alexa was mocking the crowd when she was talking about the, how she was. They were chatting, "This is awesome." When well, the two of them were gazing at each other's eyes. Not uh, just the other reason I love Alexa mocking smarky crowds and awesome promos. But there you have it. Uh, match itself is actually it's not bad though. To be fair, it is what it is. Uh, and as well, another thing about Finn Balor with the demon, there's literally no difference. All he does is paint himself. And his wrestling style is the exact same. He's not more aggressive. He's it's no character. It's basically he just basically looks like a reject from a Broadway show. Whatever. There you go. Anyway, he got demoted to NXT. So see you later. Bye. You're not missed. Sorry, mate. Seems a nice guy in real life. I'll say that, but not personal. But he's boring as fuck. Is an entertainer. It is what it is. Uh, anyway, up next. Speaking of boredom as fuck, you've got, uh, Jason Jordan at this time was boring as fuck as a baby face and you got jason jordan against the polar opposite of this elias um, there's a couple of things like early, this is an unannounced match but it gets added later on you know early on the show a couple of times elias tries to do a concert and it gets interrupted by jason jordan like throwing produce at him it's, it's so fucking stupid and childish just terrible But they go on and have a match, not a bad match. Uh, Jason Jordan wins. It's like okay, whatever. At this point in time, they were doing Jason Jordan no favors. It was just after he was revealed as Kurt Angle's son, he was not working as a babyface, and it was it was forced. Now, after this, a couple of months later, it looked like he was about to turn and things like that. because he was starting to become like a cocky little deluded babyface, but. And but he was throwing heelish tendencies and it was starting to work. Unfortunately, though he got this terrible neck injury, and we haven't heard anything since from him. So I hope he's alright though. know as much as his character was boring, though, he obviously don't want anyone to get hurt or anything. And yeah, well, wish him all the best. Hopefully he can get back one day. And when he does get back, hopefully he can pick up that character, the, the, the more cocky character, because he was actually doing it quite well. We'll see. Anyway, I wish him all the best, whatever the situation is. But match itself fine. Yeah, rather Elias goes over, but yeah, whatever. Jason Jordan wins. Whatever it is, whatever. But the main event is a TLC match. The only TLC match on this show. Sometimes in these shows, they have like a tables match, a ladders match, a chairs match, and a TLC match. But no, all the bang for your buck, but no, you just get one stipulation match here. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And it was a 5 on 3 match. It was originally meant to be the recently reunited Shield versus Strowman, Miz, the Bar, and Kane. But what happens here is uh, again, as I mentioned, there was the mumps outbreak. Uh, this affected Roman Reigns sadly. But this was the first match since the return, <clears throat> the first match in, I think it was 11 years, of Kurt Angle in the WWE. Yep, Kurt Angle became raw general manager earlier about six months earlier this was his first match back uh, so it's one of those things you, you kind of wish his first match back would have proper build-up but they were in a bad spot and they needed a big name to take Roman's place so this was the next best thing you could do I can understand why they would do that and they were in a very difficult situation you want it you wish it could have got a proper build-up and a proper storyline but no, anger was like announced on the Friday or the Saturday just before the show but well, when it came out, it was cool though. He came out with a shield and the shield entrance. This was a badass entrance. that itself's really enjoyable. It's like 35 minutes long, so it's a tad too long, but it is thoroughly entertaining. It is a really good main event. Going through it is thoroughly entertaining. There's a lot of stupidity in it as well, there's a lot of fun. It's well done in one sense, is that you've got Kurt Angle gets put through a table about halfway through and he leaves the match. It's like taken to the back, but he's not done yet, obviously. And what's other stuff like they bring the garbage truck out and then Strowman and Kane start fighting and then Strowman and his teammates basically fall out and end up they end up shoving Strowman in the garbage can or whatever in, in the back of the, the truck. It's like well, it's stupid but uh, whatever. I mean essentially he should really have been crushed but he was okay. He came back like a week later without a scratch on him. Oh well, there you have it. But anyway, uh, Kurt Angle gets to come back later on in the night. In fact, if I remember correctly, they actually play his music and he comes running back down. So that's good. Cool. At least he gets his music played in the, when he comes back. Because he came out with a shield entrance to that time. Uh, and at the end, you've got the Miz is left stranded with the three baby faces. They do the triple bomb and Angle gets the pin. And the the uh, shield for the night at least. The, the shield will win this match. So... A thoroughly entertaining match. It is enjoyable. It's great to see Kurt Angle in this. He did a good job considering everything as well. He had very little time to prepare for this. So, yeah, I must admit, very enjoyable, very enjoyable main event. Uh, it would have been nice. I think Kurt Angle and Miz as a proper feud would have been quite nice at some point. I know they kind of were, were doing that. I mean, the month earlier, Miz beat Jason Jordan for the uh, that the current title against no mercy so it would have been nice to have a proper Miz and Angle feud something like that, Miz could have got a lot from that and he would have been great but I know they had their little moments as well but yeah well, there you go instead they had Baron Corbin end his career like a year and a half after this which was complete shite well, although to be fair Kurt did get a big Wrestlemania match as well 6 months after this when he teamed with Ronda Rousey against Triple H and Stephanie that was outstanding that match so there you have it but yeah this was a lot of fun fun enjoyed it mm. and overall the show is a thumbs up to be honest there's nothing particularly bad there's a boring uh, the ask of things fine it's not a bad match it's perfectly fine it's just weird the circumstances around it Uh there's a, a boring cruiserweight match that no one cares about however there's quite a good cruiserweight match to be fair as good as can be expected and balor and styles is a at least it wasn't balor against just um, Bray Wyatt and Drag. It's a shame for the reason why Bray Wyatt had to come out of this, but maybe, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. You'd, nobody wanted to see Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt and Drag. Well, I suppose some smarts probably did, but well, well, there you go. They're just weird. Uh, yeah, so there was some the matches themselves were fine, even though it was stupid. The Jason Jordan chucking produce at Elias, but the match was fine when it happened. Uh, really good main event, loved the match by Alexa and Mickey, It was great. So yeah, overall, definitely a thumbs up for TLC two thousand seventeen. Not a, an outstanding show, but some great. There's some great stuff on it, so it's definitely worth watching if you've never seen it before. Definitely worth a look. I'll uh, say this as well. The Alexa and Mickey uh, even as part I was on the free part of the network too there's a little Alexa collection that was added a couple of months ago and this match is on it so yeah I rewatched that match again today for the anniversary so yeah there you go so there yeah, you have it that will that's my October pay-per-view series uh, wrapped up now so as it stands I won't be watching Hell in a Cell or reviewing it unless something involving Alexa gets added over the weekend um, I don't know, There's who knows, it seems unlikely at this point but I'm not going to watch it on the off chance, no, I'm not, it's not going to be like SummerSlam, no I'm not making that mistake again unless something gets advertised, there you have it, but uh, anyway thanks very much for listening. the in November I'll probably pick up and do some Survivor Series reviews and that'll be fun going back and revisiting some of them so uh, thanks very much there for listening to that today and uh, goodbye.